Natural Thoughts and Talks. I'm Venture. This is Hannah. And we've got a great episode for you guys today. Go ahead and tell the listener your name and where you're from. Uh, my name is Damon Davis. As far as I'm where I'm from, I'm not completely sure. I come from a military family. My dad okay. was in the Navy, so every two years I was just going from state to state. There have been about 12 different states mm. so far. So my dad, like my grandpa was in the Army, so my dad is an Army brat. Is there a term for people in the Navy? Is it just like a... Like a Navy brat or anything like that? No, I was just a military brat. Oh, military brat. Okay, cool. So, yeah, that's cool. How long did your dad serve for? He was in for about 17 and a half years, and then, you know, life happened. So, yeah, he, uh, he got medically discharged under honorable con- condition. So, you know. Okay. What did he do? Like, what was his kind of role in the Navy? He worked with, like, building helicopters. He did a lot of work as an electrician. Oh, that's cool. And then he did some work with nukes. Oh, geez. That's cool. Yeah. He loves his job. (laughs) Yeah. That's what's up. And how about your mom? Did she work inside of the home or outside of the home? Uh, She worked outside of the home. She worked at a... I'm not sure if it's still around, but it's called Jacobs Engineering. So it was just something to keep her busy while my sister and I were at school and we're in sports. So that way she's just... Not at home, you know, yeah. just being productive. Yeah, we should tell the listener, too. I haven't seen you in about six or seven years, right? It's been a while since high school, pretty much, right? Yeah. So, I don't know, you popped up on my Instagram, dude, and I was like, what? Damon Davis? Oh, yeah, just <laughs> this guy up. Like, what, what's new with him, right? And then we got on the phone, and you were just telling me, like, yeah, I've been, about, I've been a journeyman for the last couple of years, just bouncing around, figuring things out, but you were telling me you're in a good space, and I was like, hell yeah, dude, we'd love to come and hear more about it. So, we got you here, dude, so another fellow West High alumni. She graduated from West as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. It'll be it'll be good to hear what you've been up to, right? So, yeah. What have you been getting into lately? We talked about truck driving a little bit. What else? Well, I started talking to Amir Hassan. I'm not sure if you remember him, but he used to be one of the receivers. And uh, we were talking about flying because he had, he had uh, went to school and he got his pilot's license. That way he can work side by side with his dad. So we were discussing that, and he was asking if that's something I'd be interested in doing. I was like, yeah, that's something I could see myself doing one day. I've always wanted to. Mm. So why not get in the air a little bit, have a little fun? Yeah. Okay, so you're thinking about getting a pilot's license then. Yeah. I want to learn as many trades as possible. I just want to learn new skills. That's what's up. You've kind of always been that way, too. Like, you were always somebody who was off doing, like, a side quest when everybody was doing, like, this thing. You are always in your own little world. And I was like, what the hell is this guy doing over here? Like, and then I'd come and be like, hey, dude, like, what are you doing? He's like, isn't it crazy that just, like, why is the building like that? And I'm like, fuck that building. Like, we need to, you know what I mean? Like, we need to worry about this. And, like, that's just kind of how you've always been. So it'll be good to catch up, dude. What, like brought you back to Southern California? Because obviously, at, when did you leave? Out of, right out of high school? Yeah, so what happened was, as soon as we graduated, I had got a letter of interest from the University of West Alabama to go be a running back. So I went to Alabama, spent a year there, and then I went for mechanical engineering, didn't have my major. So you know, I had a great time there. I met some great people that I still talk to to this day. That school is wild. It was very wild. It was mm. definitely more of a party school, and there's a lot going on. So <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> after the first year, I transferred to uh, West Texas A&M, and then uh, I just fell out of love with football. So like, I ran the course. Like, you and I have both played the sport. After a while, your body just can't keep up anymore. It's like, yeah, it's just time. Mm. Yeah. I had a good run. It was done. Been playing since I was five. Stopped playing when I was about 21. Mm-hmm. Like 16 years, I'm done. Yeah. You know, washed yeah. up. 
Where, washed up. <laughs> the cool part, though, the best thing about sports that I would like to say is transferring the disciplines that you learned throughout youth sports and transitioning that to become professional in something other than sports, right? Like, that's the best gift that I think I received. I think you see that, too, and you can attest to that because... We wake up every day and oftentimes people will be like, oh, I don't want to go to work today or I don't want to do this or I want to do that. But there's like most days you don't go to work, but it's just like sports, right? You just fucking wake up, get after it, do it. And then after you put that shift in, after you have a good hard day's work, you feel better about it, right? Is that kind of how you are? Well, when it does come to football, like what you said, that is 100% true and accurate. Another thing that I would like to add on to it was we had about what? About 50... 56, maybe like 60-something people on the roster. So when it came to playing football and stuff and getting a chance to know you and all that, we consistently saw different personalities mm-hmm. and different types of people. So we saw people where they were in their own cliques. We saw players that were like selfish all about themselves. We saw team players. We saw dudes that were getting like in and out of trouble. So just routinely, we just naturally are adjusting to different types of people because as we get older and we get out into life, we're going to meet Different type of people. So it teaches you how to deal with those personalities, those characteristics, which people to associate with, the people to like distance yourself from because the saying goes like, well, we're the average of the five people we hang out with. So if you're a like-minded person and you hang out with a whole bunch of bad people, it's going to taint you because personalities rub off on each other. So if mm-hmm. you're a like-minded person, you stay with like-minded people, you're going to be that way. and It's going to be consistent. So that's something that I learned from it. Yeah, definitely. What do you think about that? I, w- I mean, I I think the whole personality thing of just being around so many different people. Not, I mean, I, I did sports, but not necessarily to that level. But just in general of being in a public school versus like a private school, that is such a difference too of like you have to be exposed to so many different types of people at work when you're out and about. Like I think it's very important, even with traveling. I think traveling is such a huge part of my life of like, seeing so many different people not just personality wise but like culture wise food wise language just being exposed to so many different types of people i think is the most valuable thing ever i like that i want to run with that would you send your kids to a private school or a public school public school yeah yeah why i want them to be i don't want them to be in such i personally i think private schools i think it's good because you can they're more better like education-wise to an extent, depending on where you go versus the curriculum you want to teach a kid. But I would like them more in a public school area because I want them to get exposed to everything. Mm-hmm. Instead of it just being like one thing where it's like I was super strict and all that, I want them to get the I want them to take it all in, like get right. the real world experience. Yeah. I want my kid to go to the shittiest fucking school with oh, metal no. detectors. And, you know, I wanted the school to be so bad that they're like, is someone going to shoot this school up? And they're like, no. Like, mm. who's going to come in here? You know what I mean? Like, everybody's got it bad. Just so that they kind of know. Like, I feel like the household that we're building, it's not really, it's missing a little bit of that grit, right? Like, let's say we continue leveling up. We get nicer and nicer things. I don't know. We have a house over there in Naples, something like that, right? I want a kid that's comfortable going into a place where it was like yep we got to fucking take my shoes off just like the airport get my bag open it up take my laptop out of the bag it's some tsa guard you know that's too much what do you think i can't do that one that that takes me back to the middle east too far so what do you think then private or public oh public for sure yeah i don't i don't like the i mean there's a difference between private schools and private schools but i i think public school is a is the better option for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Can't do private. Would you drive here? 
When did I arrive here? Yeah, no. What kind of car did you drive here? Oh, uh, 2014 Chevy Camaro. Is that... So you've been a Camaro guy for a while or what? Yeah, so when I was about... I want to say six. You remember the like the cartoon? It was like a movie, but it was a it's called Cars with Lightning McQueen. Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah. yeah! Yeah. So yeah, so the first time I saw him, I was like, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning McQueen or what? Yeah, well, I just learned that later on down the line is that he was a camera. I was like, well, I like Lightning McQueen. Mm-hmm. He's like fast. I was like a child. Yeah. So, I was like, <laughs> so the first opportunity I got, I was about twenty two. I saw a Camaro. I was like, all right, I'm gonna buy that. And then you know. Life happens, something happened to us, so I replaced it, and I got that one now. And then I'm probably, if everything works out the way I want to see, I'm going to trade it in by, I would like to say by September, I'm going to give me like at least like a 2019 SS or something like okay. that. Okay, yeah. I like those. So you're a sports car guy then, huh? You like Always. To, are, do you drive fast too? I got tickets. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, there's something about driving fast. It's fun, but I just prefer the ability to just be in big vehicles. Mm. Like, I love a good truck. You know, I love a good, big, beefy SUV just because I like to have some space in it. You know, like, we got the dogs. It's like, how are you transporting your dogs? In the fucking Camaro? Yeah. <laughs> and then what? They're just, like, piled in there with you and, like, all weird or what? Well... One of them, his name is Denver. He's like a German Shepherd uh, mix. Like, they both are. But him, his thing is, he just sticks his head out the window the entire time. <laughs> oh, then, he's chilling. Yeah, and then the other one, his name is Zeus. He just, he says like a human in the back. So like, <laughs> oh, so they're very relaxed. Yeah. Then, huh? That's not our situation at all. Yeah, Dang. we have... Uh, he's horrible. We just have a warrior back there just howling and hooting and fucking ripping shit up and just like... He's, he's ridiculous how he does everything. How'd you get your dogs? Did you like plan to get them? Did you like rescue them? Did you get them as puppies? Like, how'd you get them? I found them on Facebook. Okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> puppies or what? Uh, Dan raised a puppy. I raised him since he was about five weeks old. Zeus, he was older when I got him. So Dan raised about three... I want to say Zeus is about like 11 or 12. Okay. And I got him when he was like eight. I think. Mm. And they're pretty chill or what? Are they super active? It really depends on what mood they're in. Like, it's, mm. it's wild. Like, the only part that annoyed me was they learned how to open up the refrigerator. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, man. I oh, no. woke up in the middle of the night the other day and I heard like a bang. I thought Sony was breaking in. So I got up. I grabbed a couple of things. And then I see like eggs. I see bacon <laughs> shredded everywhere. There's like the melt that I bought. Oh, it was like no. it got busted open. They're just looking at me, wagging their tail, all happy. I'm like, man, <laughs> they are happy too. They're like, yeah. hey, hey, did we you know you food. could open this? <laughs> yeah. He's like, good news, you don't have to use this anymore. I got it. Like, oh, <laughs> we no. got it, dude. That's what crazy. do you do now? Like, do you do you got a lock on it? Do you like block it off? How do you keep them from opening that up now? That's a really good question. <laughs> or I just do, leave it. I just leave it just alone. Leave it. I'm, I'm still. I just look at them. And I just give them a look. Yeah. And I just leave it alone. Yeah. They know though. That's why. Do they like get in the trash or anything ever? Bro, don't get me started on that. <laughs> They're yeah. trash diggers, huh? Yeah, Denver's a trash digger. Oh, Dude, no. he don't care. He'll just look. Well, the entire time, I was like, what's that noise? He'll just look right at him. I'm like, bro, you snitching already. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, no. Hey, I wanted to hear, because we were talking about the phone call, dude, and you were like, yeah, man, I've been here, been there, dude. I was a prison guard for a little while. Ooh. I was doing this, doing that. What is that experience like? Like, how does one even become a prison guard? What right. Did you apply on Indeed? Like, what? <laughs> you know, do you got to know somebody? Like, how'd you even get started in that? How long were you doing it for? Like, tell us that story. Um, all right, I'm gonna like limit it. Some stuff I'll tell you. I'll do it off camera. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
But as far as uh, being a prison guard, I was just, I was in summer school. I got the college that I was going to. I went to, like I said, I was at West Texas A&M. And uh, one of the guys I would work out with and I would shoot pool with, he was like, yeah, man. So, you know, if you're looking for a job, you know, become a prison guard. I was like, bye. Mm-hmm. He said, dude, like the signing bonus, you know, they're going to give you about $5,000. And I was like, $5,000? I was like, well, I'm broke. I got like student loans. Right. Uh, I want money. So yeah, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> so I uh, I took the classes, I passed it and everything. I did like the whole entire training academy and all that part was easy. And then what type of training did you have to go through to be a prison guard? Like they just have you fight people or like what? <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll come to later. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but mostly it's just uh you just get put in a room full of a whole bunch of people. You get watched uh, videos. You get told what's going to happen. They told us right from the geckos. What you signed up for, like when it comes to the job, you're going to be having the experience to go through things that you did not sign up for. It's just mm-hmm. what comes with the job. And so uh, we did that. We did and what did you think when you heard that? Because first of all, I would have been in orientation like, uh, mm, never mind. You know what? I got something in my car. Like, that's that's great. Like, hey, you got a job, but you're not doing the job that you thought you were going to do. How did you feel about that? I was numb to it because originally, after I got out of high school, I wanted to join the Navy and follow my own man's footsteps. Mm. And so when it did come to the, you know, going the college route, too many years passed by to where I didn't have the fire and the drive to commit to something like that anymore. Mm-hmm. So when it came to the whole prison guard scenario, that's like the closest thing that I can get to the military. Mm-hmm. So when it experiences, so I was like, all right, well, you know, the military service and stuff like that runs in the family, you know, I'm somewhat doing what my dad did, but I'm doing, you know, public service. So I don't mind. It was just nothing, that, nothing different. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how was your first day? My first day? Mm-hmm. I had urine get thrown on me. <gasps> and and how Your first was, day? Oh no! How is this urine packaged? Like from a dick or like from? A, <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing? Like, uh, elaborate, please. <laughs> so, was it warm? Was it cold? Ew. Like, ew. <laughs> you want the nitty gritty detail? <laughs> yeah. What, what, how, you don't just come out with I got urine throw human or like what do we got going on here? Uh, I was with the. Uh, there's a thing called uh, OJT, so it's on the job training. So I, my job was to uh, shadow one of the guards. So he was going back and forth with one of the uh, with one of the inmates, and he was trying to get him. I was just in the way, so I got splashed with it. It was all in a oh. bottle and everything. I got it was like I got soaked all up in my face and everything. Oh no! It touched your lip. Was your mouth open? Bro, this was when Corona was going on. Oh, so no. I had like the mask and everything. So mm. when he squirted it, I was probably like a few feet away. So it like shot up like the mask. I was like, bro, oh, no. I was mad. Ooh. I was mad. Can you get COVID from pee? <laughs> See, it was unknown at that point. Huh? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Ew. That's crazy though. So. What kept you like thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to stay here. Because I would I would have said, no, 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 I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, after that. I'm quitting. That wasn't in the description. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought about that, right? <laughs> and then it's day one. Yeah. That's wild. What happened was, when I gave my signing bonus on my regular check, I looked at the money, I was like, wow. Yeah, I can do this some yeah. more. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so like, I ended up leaving college. I started doing that full time. Then I was able to, I got my own apartment. I got a car. Mm-hmm. got some dogs. You know, I had somebody at the time that I was taking care of, too. And so I was like, you know what? Hey, you know, I was just part of being a man. You just keep progressing. You go. And I was like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. What, what were your hours like? Were you working regular, like daytime, nighttime? What, how, like, how was the 
situation there? Uh, I started off a night shift, so I can't remember the the schedule, but it was a uh, it was six days on, two days off. The time I can't I can't remember exactly, mm-hmm. but it was anywhere from like I'd be working anywhere from twelve to sixteen hours a day. Oh wow, man. damn! That's and you a long stayed time. awake. Yeah, it was easy, dude. Are you like a nighttime guy naturally though? At the time. I was more of a daytime dude, so I just put in a request so I can get put on the day shift and everything because there would be a lot less going on compared to nighttime because that's mm. when they're all up oh, banging no. on the door. At nighttime? Yeah. Oh, man. So it's hard. Like, you can't sleep if you're, in, like, in jail then, huh? Well, for the guys that had earplugs or if they were on substances, it was easy for them to do it. But mm. I was just sitting there at the table just oh, no. hearing, just like, boom, 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 mm. boss man, boss man. Like, it was just... It wasn't all that bad. What was the type of like level of security? Like with the like how bad were these inmates? Oh, I worked in seg. Oh, oh no. What is that? I'm on segregation. Segregation, that's where all the gangs go. Oh, okay. That's mm-hmm. crazy. So like what'd you learn about that, man? <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you meet? Who was like the weirdest story that you got from that? Anybody like get get well, clearly you got stabbed, but like w- at what point did that happen? You know what I mean? Like was there anything from the pee to the stabbing? Oh my like, god. <laughs> You know what I mean? What, what about the yet? food? You know what I mean? Like, do you, what are the, what is the process where you have to like, basically like lead these people? Like, what do you have to do? You got to get them in their cells, out of their cell. Like, you have to watch them do stuff. What do you have to do? Well, the main thing is to be consistent. You don't go in one day and just be, oh yeah, I'm big, bad and all of that. So I want to do barking orders. They're just going to look at you like, dude, I'm here for the rest of my life. Mm. Who do you think you are? You're just some random person. Mm. But so if you're consistent, like firm, fair, consistent, and you're the same person consistent, like on a regular basis, and you do your job. Let's say a guy needs a towel or something, go get him a towel, stuff like that. I was always fair. Okay. Some stuff I didn't care about, some things I let them get away with too. Did you ever see anybody that wasn't very fair? All the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, what was like the kind of personality types? Did it vary who got into that industry? Well, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of, um, what made me leave that job was how much I started seeing myself change mm-hmm. as a person to where my family didn't even recognize me at one point. Oh, really? Yeah. So when you get put into a situation like that, that I was in, you know, power can't corrupt people. You'll become a whole different person. So the environment that I was in, I was into, uh, institutionalized as soon as I got out. Mm. Oh, and that's crazy. Just being in the system like that, huh? And you don't even necessarily have to be like locked up, but you start, were you like looking at people differently? How were you just like tighter all the time, charged up or what? I started thinking more like the guys that were incarcerated and then my coworkers. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and break one of the rules. So when it does come to prison guards and stuff in law enforcement, we're no better than everybody else. We do the same exact stuff. It's more so, like I said, power corrupt. So it's mostly it's like guards and stuff. They're just a big game. Mm-hmm. And so you get told what to do. Otherwise, they punish you. So it's probably mm-hmm. just a cog in the machine, just following orders, just being just a robot. Mm. Yeah. And so when it came to getting out of that type of environment, I just started reconditioning, relearning who I was as a person. Is that one of those things where you kind of have to think like them in order to kind of like um, operate in that environment? You know what I mean? Like, oh, what's this guy going to do? Well, shit, this guy's doing life. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like you kind of got to think like somebody who's doing life, right? Oh, most definitely. And then you mm-hmm. kind of embody that character almost. And then it's just like it's a survival tool, right? Like that's how you just ended up. Yeah. That's wild, man. Huh. Did you become friends with a lot of people that were in there? That was my next question. Yeah, that's a good one. But was it very like, no, 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 like, I'm, you know, it's very separate. 
To be honest with you, I, I told some of those guys all the time. I told them how mad I was to see them behind the doors. Mm. Because I, I would say to them, I'm like, yo, dude, you're so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were in lockdown, we'd be hanging out right now. <laughs> like, so many of those dudes, like, they get a bad rap, but yeah. a lot of them, it's, like, it's minor stuff. Right. It was like, you'd be amazed at how many years people get for drug charges. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking we about that. We were just talking about that on our last episode of like, because we saw this video of this guy. I'll send it to you later. He got like a hundred. What was it, Babo? He got like, uh, he got, we don't know what he did. He didn't say that. But he got 174 years plus six life sentences. That was his sentence. And he was now asking for people to sign a petition to get him out and like give him a second chance. And we were Do like. Do you believe in second chances? <laughs> and we were like, I don't know. Like, I understand when there are minor things 100% people need to like not get charged for that but clearly you did some crazy stuff what did you do so to get charged with like 700 years of in prison yeah that's not that's so, ridiculous so the way we were ended up talking about it was I was like if you're like a non-violent guy and it's not too serious like I don't need you sitting in a cell for 15 yeah. years you know what I mean 20 years like I get that but like fuck you're talking constitution age numbers right here like like, you know what i mean oh say can you see like that's a lot of years that's a whole country's lifetime you know what i mean like you're talking about a second chance you need a third fourth fifth you got six lives you know like you know so what do you think about that like did you see any guys who you know what i mean were like overcharged and you kind of felt for them or anything like that uh there's this one kid my heart went out to him like he was a i don't want to say his name that's fine call him a doug or something like that (laughs) give him a fake name yeah (laughs) yeah we'll we'll go with doug okay so he got eight years for weed Mm. and he was 18 so that sucks yeah so he had a whole kid and everything so he that dude could sing like he would sing Mm. to like ease his mind Wow. The closest thing that I can compare him to, like when it came to his vocals, you guys know who The Weeknd is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He sung like The oh, Weeknd. Wow. Like he wrote his whole, like he wrote his own lyrics and everything. So he had like papers stacked this high mm. of just random songs and he would just be serenading me just out of the blue. And I'm like, okay, this is weird, <laughs> but I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But that dude did not play. He did not put up with disrespect at all. He He also was a dude who would throw stuff on officers too. Oh, so he's like, as cool as he was... His mentality was, if I can't get to you outside the cell, I can get to you in the cell. Mm-hmm. And so there's a thing called a five-man tactical team, which is I'm a part of. So uh, you kind of it's like the one man, you know, you get a guy with a shield, and you got a guy with the mace, and you got people that are responsible for like the arms and legs and stuff like that. You roll a door, you subdue them, like and then make you take all their stuff, put it in property, and then yada yada yada. So he's one of those dudes. So uh, if he ever felt disrespected or someone was talking to him crazy, he would just throw something on them or he would just like take control of a slot until a team came and just dealt with it. Mm-hmm. But he was doing it so much that the other officers started respecting him so much they started leaving him alone. Oh wow. Dude, this is so fascinating. Like I know you don't do the job anymore, but like little things like that mm-hmm. are it's oftentimes like that's what we love to hear about on the show. So like let's say you owned a restaurant or something like that. Like we love hearing, okay, we open the door at five AM, then we start mixing the sauce for the breakfast joint, and then we do this, and then we make sure we slice the bread. Like it's just so crazy. Like I don't know anything about prison. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I just don't don't go there. Like that's basically <laughs> all I know is like that's not a place you want to go. So let's not break the law, right? Mm-hmm. But like you being in there 
there, it's such a unique perspective because like you're in there, but you're not an inmate. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you, you chose to fucking go there. Unfortunately, I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes even more wild than just being like, yeah, I had some weed on me and like, you know, it's illegal. And it was Alabama, right? That was the state or uh, this was in Texas. Texas. Yeah. So it's like not legal in Texas, but something that simple that like we can literally go on second street and grab the same amount of weed that that guy had. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? Have ourselves a good night versus like eight years in a correctional facility. That's ridiculous. That's wild. That is crazy. You're, you know, I'm figuring it out, dude. You're the type of guy that like we need to ask you questions directly and then you open up. You're not going to be like a broad type of uh, painting the picture, right? We kind of got to pull that picture out of you a little bit. So what is like the some of the biggest things that you learned uh, working in a prison? basically like what are some of the biggest like kind of life lessons that you saw because that's the thing is you can see a bunch of successful people like I saw a bunch of highly successful people here and while we were in high school right at Hermosa Beach and talking to them and figuring out what they're doing right but if you do the complete opposite of that you're like oh yeah hey don't fucking smoke meth and like do this and that and you know what I mean like your education is the same you just have to like figure out what you want and then build it so what are some of the biggest things you were able to learn man what a what I learned is how important it is to have freedom. Mm. Like for having somebody inside of like a being isolated just in like a box the entire day, it's gonna do something to them. And so also to understand that just because somebody makes life mistakes, which is we all do, is like we're gonna keep doing it as we progress and develop as people. It'll be just to understand it's like nobody's perfect. Mm. Like we all have our own stories. We come from different backgrounds, different walks of life. Is it may seem normal to somebody else, may not seem normal to us. And vice versa. And so another thing that I learned was the importance of camaraderie. Having people that are literally by your side, that have your back, like through thick and thin, like the people that are your true friends that got you. Mm. Man, having people like that in your life is like one of the best feelings ever because it makes you like realize like, you know, I don't have to go through this alone. I got somebody that I can, I can call who could be there just like that mm. within like minutes if I need them to. And then this like order, structure, discipline, how to budget, and then uh, the importance of mental health. Mm. Because the stuff that you see and go through when it comes to that type of environment, people develop all kinds of different bad habits. Like whether it be they start becoming alcoholics or they start smoking or just becoming like a hothead, like people with PTSD. It got me more familiar with those type of environments after having to go through it. And seeing what's happening to other people. Like, unfortunately, I lost one of my friends to suicide mm -hmm. that worked that job because of the things that he went through. And it's just like, yeah. Like, he had stuff going on in his personal life. Stuff was going on at work. It was just overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, you know, it's important to value the connections that you have with people. Like, just in general. Like, in your personal life. And in a friend, just, it takes like two seconds just to text them and say, hey, man, or, I was thinking about you. Hope you're doing well. Blase, blase, blase. If you got time, we catch up whenever. And no, here we are today. Yeah. All it took was a few seconds to, <laughs> to text you. Yeah. yeah. And that's the funny part, too, is I spend, I've learned so much on this show, probably not as much as working in a prison or anything like that, but. <laughs> 
the amount of people you you can talk about this too that will reach out to to try to like get on the show and just do that and that and you can tell almost immediately you can tell how long they took to respond you can tell like what their response was right on how like maybe interested they are or maybe how insecure they might be or like kind of what state that their mental health is because it's a big thing that we're asking you to do we're like hey come on come share your story do this maybe open up a little bit maybe say something that maybe could help somebody else in a situation right no pressure like we're here to have fun but it's pretty crazy how many times like we'll text somebody and oftentimes we won't hear anything back right or just even like your one friend that you were talking about yesterday of like she reached out to you you reached back immediately and then radio silence Nothing, and yeah. you're like what the fuck like why'd you tease me like that <laughs> yeah. what is the point of that right i mean i think just with people in general too even if they don't reach out to you i think that says a lot about maybe what they're going through as well of like it could be that, yeah, I'm, I'm reaching out to you all the time, but then you're not reaching out to me. What is going on right now? Are you okay? And I think I am trying to do a much better job at actually reaching out to people, not necessarily to like make plans all the time, but just like, how are you? Are you doing okay? What's going on? Like, what have you been up to? Because um, I know for myself too, it's very important that people reach out to me just to know that you have those connections close to you and it's weird too because i was always thinking maybe i was unique in this of like i still think about people that i've come in contact with fuck you popped up right and i was like i haven't talked to this guy in forever so it's like it takes two seconds literally from the time we park the car till we walk in here let me send him a quick message see if he even just hits me back or mm -hmm. something like that and then real fast you're like what blah 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 so it's weird because people like think about it but what is the thing that's keeping them away from actually like taking yeah. action towards connecting and reaching out and dude we live in kind of a weirder time to where like connection is becoming a lot more and more digital right and you can see that yeah it's good in some aspects but it's only you know what i mean you should only be used to supplement certain things you still need face to face like i need to smell you feel you hear you in order to really get all the like value from it that mm. you need right yeah what do you think is that do you, thing do you talk to a lot of people that you worked with in the prison still i talked to a few mm. but some of the other guys they just they went on about their own mm. their own little thing some became uh some became truckers some became welders some just fell off the face of the planet practically. right they just have no idea where they're at and so when it was just my turn i was like yeah during my last day i was <laughs> I was so out of pocket on my last day there. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. I was so out of pocket. I was cussing everybody. I mm. I'm like, I told people how I really felt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling off inmates. I was telling off my supervisors. I was telling my coworkers, all the people that I was cool with. I let them know how cool they were. All the people that didn't care about our life, I made it known. <laughs> and then one of my sergeants said, you know, I'm going to write you up for what you've been saying, right? I actually took out my pen. I actually tossed it to him. I said, today's my last day. <laughs> he was like, you can write me up for whatever you want. I don't right. care. Yeah. He was like, once I'm gone, I ain't never coming back. I yeah. dare you. And he wrote me up anyway. I was like, all right, do you feel better? You feel like a big boy now? That's funny. Yeah. How long were you there for? Like, like, like telling them off or like? No, working? like working there. Oh, just a couple of years. A couple of years. Yeah. Is it a pretty high turnover, obviously? I know oh, like yeah. the prison guard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like a lot of people, they need to hire a lot and fire a lot too, probably, right? Yeah. Hmm. The main thing is a lot of people, they would just, uh, they would come, work, get the signing bonus, and then they would just quit right mm -hmm. then and there. Yeah, man. It's like, That's kind of a good idea. Yeah, yeah, it was. Everybody would be getting like, like the first check was like, you know, like 
fifty five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. That's what kept me going back. So a lot of money. They just took the money. And they bounced. Right. Yeah. That was funny. One of the people that I thought was gonna be there for a while, he got his check. And he said, "I'm going to Walmart." <laughs> <laughs> Not Walmart. Yeah, dude, yeah. I'm bumping into it because he ended up changing the oil for my car. I was like, what? "So this is where you were at?" <laughs> we just had the greatest oil change oh, experience right. of all time. Was that yesterday or was it two days ago? The day is kind of that was uh, yesterday. Okay, yesterday, dude. Uh, the fucking Exxon Mobil Auto Care Center. Like, you know, usually I take my vehicles to like a real like shop, you know, like you don't want to be at some guy that pumping gas and then like doing your thing. <laughs> so I've never stopped at the one at the corner. We've seen it for a little while. You've been like, hey, we should try that one. But we usually go to like, no, we want a big garage to do the thing. You always have to wait like three, four, five, four, five hours for your car, right? On a busy day. And you're sitting there looking at your car parked and nobody's in. I'm like, come on, fix my car, right? It's just this long process of getting oil changed it sucks dude we had i i'm talking 10 out of five stars like i would pay double price for this to happen every single time for any oil change for the rest of my life dude we literally went right over there to the vons like half a mile down ocean boulevard dropped it off right walked maybe 10 minutes back down he was like oh yeah come back in 45 minutes they always say that right and then it's like three hours dude we came in here i think i made a bottle of water or something got on the toilet but i wasn't even (laughs) off the toilet yet damon and my phone was ringing and he was like your vehicle's ready sir and i was like oh my gosh so (laughs) finished up went back like that's the greatest service have you ever heard anything like that for an oil change to get it done that fast hear about somebody picking up a phone and talking to him like mid-dump. No, I've never heard that. Yeah. <laughs> That's how excited I was. I was, I was like, oh, that, I think this is what I think like, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. But that was like goat service right there. They yeah. will, I will be getting my car changed early, oil change every single time there. Yeah. You know, if they can replicate that every time. That so, was good. I don't know if it was the fact that it was raining or what it was, but shout out to them. I don't know. Sometimes you got to try out those little weird spots, right? The hole-in-the-wall food spots are usually oh, the yeah. ones with the best food, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like, what is that saying? Like, don't don't judge a book by its cover, right? right? Yeah. So what, what's some of your favorite foods to eat? I love salmon. Really? Mm. Okay. Do you like like all seafood or just like mainly salmon? I like salmon, crab legs, you know, steaks, mm. burgers. Like, I'm not really too picky, but salmon, I like it a lot. It's like a great like foodie if you're like mm-hmm. dieting or something like that. Mm-hmm. So very lean too yeah super healthy i love teriyaki salmon mm-hmm. yeah. i have that i gotta try that oh yeah that's really good dude that's like mm-hmm. our favorite yeah teriyaki salmon what would you say if you had to do like a last meal would it be salmon and like what 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 else would you eat with it so it'd be like my last day alive uh, i don't know alive or just fucking you know what i have a last meal because we go to europe and we just got back like a week ago i had a last meal i'm like you know what let me swing by like chick-fil-a and get some like you know fat meal because whenever we go to europe like the food's not as good mm. shout out to europe they have a lot of things but like the food isn't you know high on there like you should go here and try our this like yeah. so i gotta get our american fucking bullshit in that way i can <laughs> last two weeks and then when we come back i'm like oh fuck i gotta get something to eat yeah so, I don't know, last meal until before a long journey or something like that. My bad, man. I just imagine you at a restaurant just ordering food and you just, they're just having a drink like, man, this coffee tastes like shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but for last meal, I would say I'd want a T-bone steak, a mm. loaded baked potato. Oh, a loaded baked potato. Yeah. And uh, like a root beer. That would be my last meal. Do you like sour cream? 
Yes. Oh, okay. And Me you too. love sour cream you, too. You do not like sour cream. Mm-mm, I'm cool. I love sour cream. You know what's weird though is I hate sour cream, but I love cream cheese. That has nothing to do with each other, but like. They taste kind of similar do though. Do they? Okay. If you think about it, yeah, a little it, bit. It could also be a texture thing. I think mm. it ruins my burrito, but I fuck with cream cheese. Like, <laughs> would you put sour cream on a bagel and eat no. that? No. <laughs> it's soggy. That's funny. I wouldn't do that. Do you want to tell us about um, the time when you got stabbed? We would love to hear that if you're open to if it. If you can. That could be not the... not while recording. I'll tell you the story. Oh, okay. <laughs> nah, dude, it was it was it was pretty bad. Oh man. no, I was at fault for some of it too. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> we'll talk about that one later. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe next time you might uh, want to tell that one. That sounds like come on, you're gonna tease us like that. You you get complacency it... is bad. I put it like that. One of all right, tell you what. On one of them. It was a five-man tactical team run. The guy slicked up the the floor with baby oil, mm. and uh, oh, we ran in smart. there. Yeah, that's yeah. really smart. Yeah, so he slicked up the floor with baby oil. We went in. The guy with the shield. I'm, I'm gonna skip him. Uh, his name, but so he's he's. <laughs> you can ba- put yeah, fake it, names in, dude. Yeah. His name's Ed. All right, Ed. I'm, had I'm, the gonna, shield. So I'm gonna call him. A, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him George. Okay, George. Yeah, so George went in with the shield. He slipped. I was like, <laughs> he's like, he fell like shield first onto the ground. He's like slid with the shield. And then, he was sledding like, like it's Christmas. Yeah, dude. Like his helmet straight to the bunk. It was kind of funny as I was going in there. Uh, I'm going to call the other guy. Wait, what him. number were you in the five man? I was three. Okay, That's what made so, it worse. So you saw so, one. Yeah, so the moment he slid, he got, he got hit. The second guy. He went in, he slipped too, then he got hit, then I went, I tripped over him, then I got hit a couple times on the arm, and then everybody else came in, and it was, the whole entire situation was stupid, because the moment we got him down, you know, we're fighting, we're punching him, like, we're getting hit back and stuff, and then, oh, the blue, all I hear is, yeah, take that, and, <laughs> what? Whoa. Yeah, because, like, there's maze gates getting sprayed in there, because I was, uh, I was trying to like get like restrain a dude, and something kept like moving my arm, and I was like, "Here, yeah, take that." I looked at it like this dude was like one of my own guys. He was like teabagging me for some reason. He thought he was getting the guy, but he was like literally humping me. And I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> so this was number four. Yeah, it was. I was like, "Dude, get the fuck off of me!" <laughs> so we restrained him and all that, and uh, when we got out, like we did our old thing, and we were in the army. And so I got mace and stuff. We got mace in our wounds. And uh, I'm gonna call him like Dakota. So Dakota's okay. Uh, like, yeah, I was like Dakota's like, man, dude, I was giving that guy some pipe. I was like, <laughs> I felt some type of way. He was like, man, I kind of good. And I, was, and I was like taking it home and off, I was wiping on my arm. I was like, that was me, you asshole. <laughs> Everybody started laughing. I was like, I'm hurt. He was like, bro, he was like. I got maze. I got dick down. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> I got. He was like, I just. I was not a heavy camper. I was not. Oh no. Oh man. And how do they choose like who's in the, these five man? What what did you call them? Five man squads or something like uh, that? Five man extraction team. And and all right. So how many of these five man extraction teams are used on like a daily basis? It really depends. Uh, I was gonna say that was regular. Okay. Mm. It, was, it was regular. So, so like some, weekly, you know, that would happen. Uh, depends. Like, we have a couple of weeks where nothing happens, and then there'll be times where we will literally come straight. Straight into uh, the mini room, and they'll say, 
go straight to the sub army, go mm-hmm. straight to the army, and we would be for twelve hours straight. We would just be smashing people. All day. Oh no! Oh, goddamn! Yeah, so we would man the paperwork so bad. <laughs> so it could be anywhere from you can go from doing it like none at all for a week to literally doing. Like I think the record that we had for one week, I think it was like forty-seven times in a week. Damn! Like it was, I was oh used to it. It was yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, man, I met some cool people. We were traveling across the unit, like helping people out and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. That's what's up, dude. It's it sounds like there were some really good times. What was your favorite thing about working like in a prison? Before we kind of switch topics, I got some other questions for you. But what was your favorite thing? I like the chips. They have these things called like Auntie Anne's party mix chips. I was like, man, I was like, these are the best chips I've ever had in my life. (laughs) So yeah, so I miss the chips. I miss some of the inmates and uh, yeah. What what was the name of the chips? Like Auntie Anne's party mix chips. Party mix. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's only man. Well, Amazon those. Oh no! I'll go to prison just to get them for you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about it before. (laughs) I'm serious. Like that is only accessible by tdcj so that's the only way we can get them. Mm. maybe you could get a uh, sponsorship or something and they can, they can get you for it but that's hilarious auntie ann's party mix hey so as we kind of transition out of that topic dude i would like to talk about the future and like what maybe you see how you see your life going and kind of the phase that you're trying to build into after your kind of couple years of traveling around and bouncing here and there and now you're kind of up on your feet taking care of yourself and like doing really cool things what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail what would you try to accomplish if you knew that failure wasn't an option like you just have a magic bottle with a genie in it with your wish and like what would you do how big would it be how small would it be like what would you try to do oh i would have just i would have lived the dream i would have been a running back for the seattle seahawks Mm. oh yeah Yeah, i would have just went the nfl route yeah but you can't do that now so like what would you tomorrow waking up is that still a dream of yours If there's no chance of failure, I would do what I've been uh, currently working on, which is developing myself, learning different levels of discipline, saving up. So, you know, this year the goal is, you know, get a new Camaro. Then the next year, if I can, get a condo Mm. or or like put a down payment on a house if possible because they Mm. got some building in Riverside in San Bernardino. It's like some three-bedroom, two-bathrooms for only about $400,000. All right, cool. Mm. Well. I make enough to where I can afford to do something like that. So it's like, all right, cool. Get a car, get a house, decorate it. Uh, you know, I'm talking to a couple of people, see where the relationship route goes, have somebody to care about again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, get another dog. There's a lot of opportunity, too, over there on the other side of the mountain, dude. In mm-hmm. that area, dude, they're building houses like crazy. They're building a lot, yeah. It's amazing how... I mean, I know you weren't around here, but like as a kid, when we would drive to see, let's say go from here to Vegas or here to see like my grandparents in Barstow, you would get out of LA in, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes, right? And then it's just desert and there's nothing now. Now we go and we have to drive for like an hour just to get out, right? And then you have like Rancho Cucamonga is like this monster city now. It used to be like this fucking couple suburbs and like that was the whole area. Now it's like you know 30 different schools and they got a college and like all this other stuff so it's really cool the opportunity that you could have there if you know you're cool just being in the fucking heat and like you know weather and all that and doing your stuff it'd be awesome to see you continue to grow and develop man and like i'm super proud of you and i'm super like proud to hear that you're doing well and yeah that's awesome so what else like what else are you thinking about getting into 
are you, how's your like savings journey been, man? You've been able to be like profitable and not be in any crazy debt or anything like that? Uh, I've just been learning about stocks, stuff like that. I've been, uh, started learning to live like just right at my means, not like above it or below it. Just like keep a steady pace. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, smart. that's yeah. the key to it. Right. Yeah. You know, live below your means, invest the rest, right. Little by little and don't fucking get sick and die or have some crazy, uh, you know, I'm going to buy a Ferrari or something like that and yeah, end up well. Yeah. You got anything you want to close on? No, I yeah. think, I mean, I like, I, I, I have this crazy interest in prisons, not because I want to go to prison. I don't want to work in a prison, especially not after what you told me about the piss and the stabbing and everything else. <laughs> oh, that's wild. Um, but I love watching 60 days in, I love any prison show I can watch. I have this weird fascination with it. So it was nice hearing a little bit more about prisons, I guess. Yeah, from his perspective, one of my favorite memes of all time, you remember the boondocks where he's like, when you're locked up, a man's booty is all you think about. And number one, you think, you know, he's like, we could do this the easy way or the hard Bro, way. <laughs> I've seen so much of that, dude. Oh, no. Not, it wasn't like forcefully, but it was like the concentric stuff when I was doing security checks. So I was just like walking, maybe some guys and I'll just hear clap. clap Dudes are clap. fucking like that. Yeah, that was great, man. They would do it for K2. They'll do it just because they're in a mood or to pay off some debts. So I'll be looking. Pay off some debt. Dang. Whoa. Oh. What if what if you could do that here outside? Like you just go to Chase Bank and be like, hey, can I can I up my credit score real quick? And the bank manager's like, all right, let's go. That's wild. Oh, pay off some no. debts. Man, and then, like, did you so you catch any, but what do you say? Like what Do you just leave it? All right like, now. Like, okay, you can do that or like I didn't care. That was none of my business. I oh, thought it was man. funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's wild. Well, hey, I, we usually like to close off with like one final question for all of our guests that we like to have on. It's one of those things where it helps us meet like more interesting people who are maybe like two to three people. They don't have to be in Southern California. If they are, that's cool. That also aren't from like West High or anything like that, that you know that you would like to see come on and be a guest on the show. Somebody that you think is like has an interesting story or a cool career or something like that. Who do you think that comes to mind? Uh, was well, definitely my uncle, uh, one of my former coworkers from uh, the prison. His name was Jonathan Roberts, and uh, I got a buddy named Cleon that I went to uh, West Texas A and M with. That I'm, I guarantee he will he would love to call in and have a conversation. Okay, with cool. Him. And they're based out of uh, Texas. Yeah, two of them are Texas, and one. Uh, Moreno Valley. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that's not too far. Yeah, yeah. we definitely like to set something up at a future date. Reach mm-hmm. out, and you know, maybe they can make something happen. Well, bro, I appreciate you coming on Natural Thoughts and Talks. This has been a good episode, an eventful episode. We talked about a lot <laughs> and uh, a lot of interesting stuff. You're an interesting guy, so I appreciate you guys having. Appreciate you coming on, and we'll catch you guys later. Bye. <laughs>
easily doubled what my expectations were. Yeah. And what about you? I think, I think I haven't like never seriously considered working in prison, but I was like, that could be fun. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that could be fun. Not like that, but like, mm, that's an interesting job. And now I'm like, no, I'm okay. Yeah. I don't need to experience that. I think the part that would fuck me up the most is that mentality. It yeah. makes sense. Like whatever your market is and whatever your industry that you're in, you do have to put yourself in the consumer's mm-hmm. shoes. And it's like, if you're a prison guard, you got to think like a prisoner. And it's, and it's also kind of sad because I think as a prison guard, you have to have your, your guard up and, and not let anyone in and just like be cold, like just be like neutral you can't be like super friendly with people because now I'm just assuming, but they'll take advantage of that. Definitely. So I think, and I, I think that if you're around that all the time, 24 seven, like you're at job at your work, then it, it'll clearly affect you outside of work too. Yeah. And it makes sense why you have so many crazy stories. Every day has got to be like just a weird clusterfuck. Yeah. Right. Even the little what fire squad that he called it that he was on like four man squad yeah, five man squad yeah that shit is crazy all of that yeah it's not for the week Mm-mm. I couldn't do it but happy he's on and happy he's not doing that anymore because I don't even know it's crazy some of those guys maybe even make a career out of that like could you imagine doing that for like ten years twenty years working your way up through the ranks and then what do you think about people by the time you're the warden of the jail like you probably just think like. You just look at them as animals or oh bugs God. or something like that, right? You have yeah. to. It's just crazy. That's sad. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Yeah, that's really sad. What were you going to tell me, though, about the Love is Blind? Oh, yeah. Love is Blind. So it's the Swedish one. And I was watching it, and the episode I was watching was the weddings. So, like, now they're getting married. And I was watching it, and in one of them, they have, like, different pastors or whoever's, like, you know, marrying them. The fucking uh, old Swedish priest from he, so that worked in the Swedish church here. Uh, okay. He was on there. Oh, he wants to be famous. Marrying bad, them, huh? I was like, what? Like, I looked up real quick and I was like, huh? That's and fun. I had to like rewind to see. I was like, was that him? And that's that was- the guy that had he had like two kids and or, or that was the guy they they had a green card issue, right? Some work stuff, or is that a different guy? No, that, we're that was about? the Norwegian. Okay, so who are we talking about now? The Swedish priest. The lady. No, that's the current. Got you. So the who was... old one, the old like before her. Yeah, that's before my time. Then. I don't no, it wasn't. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. He I, had I a wife remember. that had like blonde hair. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I, I just see a picture of him. He always like sang and was really like yeah yeah like very like that. He played a guitar. Not even close. Maybe no? maybe if I saw a picture, I would be like, oh, I remember this guy. Yeah. But I'm happy. That sounds fun. Yeah, because I think you've met him. That's what's up. But yeah, I was like, what? What is he doing there? <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you expect me to remember everybody I've met? No. Okay. You're like, you've met him. I'm like, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Like what would stand out about that? I just think because it's, oh, the Swedish priest. Like, oh yeah. Like it's not like you meet a bunch of Swedish priests all the time. You'd be surprised. I've met like three by now. You know what I mean? Like I had two others on my backup drive for you. you. And then you're like, no, not that one. Not that one. This other one. I was like, that's three right there. Yeah. Kind of funny. Well, the first one you said wasn't even Swedish. So you were wrong. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> my bad. What do you got on this digest for us? I, um, when I was at work today, there was this lady that she's not, I guess see, she's kind of a regular and she comes in and she's very annoying every time. Like annoying she's, how? She, um, I think she's a little like condescending. 
Oh, that um, sucks. That and is like, the worst. A little bit like, I need this or get me that. Or, you know what I mean? Like, as if like we're just here for her. And uh, the way she pays her with her stuff, um, she uses like Klarna or Afterpay or whatever. Um, she's, she's acting like she doesn't know how to use it, but she uses it every time. So she'll hold up lines and she'll like be very extra with things. Like I get it if something's not working, but you're just intentionally being extra. Anyway, she came in today. And she was nice, like she was fine, but it made me think, I do not understand customers that come in and they're asking for help from me and you're rude. Why are you ever rude to someone that you're asking for help? Yeah, I've never felt that way. Where does that stem from? Does it stem from like their parents or entitlement? Is it, is it, yeah. Is it the fact that maybe they're. Like, this is how they, act. I just don't fucking get it. I think it's like, they come in and they're like, you're here for me. You're supposed to serve me. Which, yeah, I understand. I'm, I work here and I'm here to help you. But in no way, shape, or form am I just going to fucking give my life to you. But mm. they act as if like, no, you're supposed to help me right now, right this second. You're supposed to have this item. And it's like, well, sometimes we don't. The closest idea I have is that these people feel insecure about themselves. Mm. So that's a way for them to feel powerful, maybe have control of something of like, oh my gosh, I don't feel confident enough in like a, a, a setting where everybody's equal within myself, like at a dinner party or something like that. Like I don't feel the same as everybody else. So when I do go into Madewell and I know that there's clear, like this is an associate, this is a cashier, right? And I'm the customer. The customer is always right, right? And then they're able to kind of like swing their dick around a little bit. Yeah. That's the hard hard part about retail too, (laughs) comparing my retail job to fucking prison. Hmm. Um, But the fact that, and and, at my job, it's fine. Like my managers are very like, no, like we'll be on your side. Like if the customer's being rude as hell, they're rude. You know what I mean? Like that's not on you. Um, but in general, like customer service jobs, it's very like customers always right. Make sure they're happy. I, I can't do that. That's ridiculous. Where, yeah. where's the line? Honestly, though, where is the line of that? The line, I think it comes down to you. You got to cut that shit off immediately. Yeah. Like to the point where if you call somebody out on something, you can quickly. Now, if it's a busy store, this and that, and I get it. But just the way I would do it is I cut all that like girly girl shit out of it as far as like the passive aggressive, this and that. Like if somebody is being rude, for example, of um, like, go get that. You can literally just be like, can we ask a little bit nicer? Mm. Flat out, like not even with the attitude, like not the way I would do it. Like who the fuck you talking to? But just (laughs) like, can we ask a little bit nicer, please? You know what I mean? Like. It would be great. Hey, we prefer a more positive environment around here. Literally something like that. And then if she becomes an asshole after that, it's like, all right, well, kick rocks. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, it's just common sense. Like, obviously, you play by rules way better than I play by rules. So I liked it when we were out in the middle of the ocean. And if somebody was a dick, it's like, all right, well, you fall. I guess figure that shit out. Mm. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Oh, I can't get up. Okay, well, there's the staircase. Like, I don't know. What do you want me to do? I can't help you, you know, stuff like that. It's also weird how, how upset people get over like a shirt. (laughs) Like, damn, like just because we didn't have this shirt or something. Well, it said online that you had it. Where is it? Can you, can you order it for me? Can I, can I order it on the phone? Can I, girl, it's a fucking shirt. That is funny when people like to, to people like to pull 
facts as mm -hmm. if they're like laws. You know what I mean? Like it says right here that you have that, or it said on the menu that mm -hmm. you had this, and it's like, well, hey, shit gets updated. Right. I don't know what to tell you. Right? right. That's kind of funny. Yeah. But it is like prison because the main thing that he talked about was freedom mm -hmm. and a lack of freedom, and that was the biggest thing that Damon learned was, hey, you really gotta actually like be appreciative of the freedoms that you do have because when they're taken away. It's a completely different ball mm -hmm. game, right? And not to become like the pickup truck with the American flag in the back guy, but like just anything. You want to try to be free. That's kind of my goal and how I want to live my life is to try to be as free as possible. Not free from like doing hard things or being uncomfortable, but like kind of choosing to do that, mm -hmm. right? Like waking up in the morning and hey, all right, we got to work out, right? Like it's a cool thing. My mom, I'm kind of proud of her too because she's going through a good little like fitness breakthrough right now. Hopefully she stays on it for another six to nine months, right? Mm -hmm. And she'll really see some massive results. But just saying like, hey, I was comfortable in my life over the past several years. So therefore I wasn't pushing myself to go into like that place where you have to work out, get a good sweat in every day, lift heavy weights, things like that. Mm -hmm. And shit gets hard. It's understandable, right? Because it's one of those things where I've known for years, it's not a unique case. This thing isn't unique. It's the same. It's It comes down to the, what is the root of it? Uncomfortable being uncomfortable, right? right? So it's like, what do you do? It's the same thing that goes on in Hannah's head. The same thing that goes on in Venture's head. The same thing that goes in my mom's head is like, Hey, I don't want to wake up and do this. Why? Because it hurts. I get it. Like, mm -hmm. it's not. But the average person, if you asked 100 different people, we'd have 100 different excuses, right? Of like, well, I'm a mom. Or, oh, my God, my work life has been crazy. Or, like, it's my nutrition that's the issue. Or it's the weather. Or this and that, right? Like, you could come up with a billion different things. But it's all the same shit. Just, you got to get out there and find your process for doing it, right? I wonder how you stay fat in prison. We see so many people that are, like, chunky in prison. Mm -hmm. How are, like, the sh the food you're getting fed is shit. You're, like, you know what I mean? How yeah. are you getting, how are you fat? Like, I, I feel like I would look like a skeleton. I feel like. Yeah. Just off of the, the food. I like, have no idea. I, don't even I feel know. like I would lose weight. I have no idea what the food's like. I, yeah, I just don't know. Like, you know what I mean? It makes sense, though. You should lose weight if you're. And it's like you can't eat whenever. You know what I mean? It's like you have breakfast, dinner, lunch, maybe. I don't know how it works, but. Can you imagine though? Yeah. And the thing is too. How is, are you chunky in prison? It's not like you don't have the free time to do some workouts. Like yeah. Get get some active time. Like in if you're there for for life, you might as well run a few laps around the table. You know what I mean? <laughs> like do something. I like that. Is that what it takes for you to get motivated? I'm in there <laughs> for life. So I guess I'll do I mean, if you think about it. Hmm, Ooh, it. The Vow is coming to Netflix on Thursday. It's a good show. I like that one. Yeah, it's a good one. It's not like I wouldn't put it in great rom-coms mm -hmm. but it's I would. good i would for sure yeah yeah i like the story i was crying and i was watching love is blind mm, i love that yeah yeah i love that for you tears coming down that's fun <laughs> and i sent a video to josephine i love it yeah what what's the appeal can you try to explain it a little bit to me there's drama there's nosiness there's um love honestly mm -hmm. um there's like fighting not necessarily like physical, but just like fights, you know what I mean? Like arguments and yeah. It seems a little bit like the woman's version of WWE. So we look at WWE <laughs> because it's not like you get it. It's fairly fabricated and things like that. So just explain it to me. I don't want to get into it and like shit on you or anything like that. I like that you like it. It's entertainment that it's doing its purpose. Yeah. Clearly the best that it can be done. Like right. it's the number one show out. Right. 
if I'm looking at that though, I look at like a UFC and I go like, oh, that's real blood. Like mm. those guys trained for that right. shit. And then you look at the WWE and it's like, all right. Like I get the storyline and I understand the appeal. But I think it's nice. What what I like is that it's not necessarily fake because there are they are still real real people. They have real lives. Um, so it's not necessarily fake, but it is still like a, um, not fabricated, but they have, it's a set, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, Oh, we're filming today. And like, here we are. Like they have the camera walking down the aisle. Like it is still that, but it is still people's real life. So here's my question though, is you have fake or fabricated, well, let's just use twisted. Mm. You have twisted <laughs> storylines yeah. creating authentic emotions for you. So that's yeah. where I look at it and I go... Well, these storylines, like like the girl, they were saying their vows and like what she was saying was really nice. And um, so and she really meant that. So then I was like, oh, emotional cry. So I'm trying to understand your brain and the brains that enjoy this shit is mm-hmm. you really like having no risk with your like entertainment right so you watch 90 day fiance oh my god there's an immigration issue we're high stakes oh my gosh Mm -hmm. you're like well what's gonna happen how is johnny gonna stay in america right (laughs) but if you look at a news story of like a small child getting ripped from his family on the mexican border like that's too real it's too much yeah (sighs) what the hell do you see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. how do you do that now? Because I personally would be like, well, at least let's get informed on what's really going on. Let's see what's going on. Is there anything we can do about it? Hopefully one day there's something we can do about that. I think that's that. your, like, problem-solving Got personality. It. Of, like, I mean, even, like, the other day, I don't know what I was telling you, but you were like, okay, well, did you do this? Can we do this? And I'm like, I'm not here to solve anything. I just want to no, tell you. Totally get that. And I think... If I'm watching shows like that, I think you would try to find like, well, the solution is kick the guy out so or the solution is don't fucking marry him. You know I, what I, mean? I got it. So what is the percentage where I do that, where I'm in problem solving mode from zero to 100? In those cases? Is it 70%? I Just in my daily life. My I would, conscious... Yeah, I'd probably say around that 70. Okay. So the majority. Yeah. 70% of you seems to be non-problem solving energy. So it's like, well, how productive is this to our real we life? We complement each other. Okay. My 30% Fucking of great. problem solving becomes part of your third 70. <laughs> Clearly math isn't anyways, in that problem solving. Yeah, anyways, I get it. It's like with my, when my grandma said her left eye works, my grandpa's right eye works. So they have perfect vision together. Mm, that's cute. <laughs> I feel like that's how we are. I like them. That's Whatever funny. I'm deficient in, you can help out yeah i just vice versa as long as expectations are where they're supposed to be yeah that's cool i love that (laughs) you're gonna be going to sweden a lot over the next like four years or so you got grandparents that are gonna be passing away you're kind of going in the regular routine are you excited for that not excited it's just one of those i'm not excited for them to die are you prepared sorry excited was (laughs) not the correct verb to go to funerals so exciting (laughs) but like are you prepared Mm -hmm. that's good yeah I am. I think with my grandma, it was she, she. She was the first one out of all of them to pass. So that was a more of not a shock, but it was more like, oh, how do we deal with this? Like a good like, How do we like? <laughs> <laughs> like a stretch. Like how do we like how oh like how do we cope with it? Because I've never practice with it. No, shut up. <laughs> I've never coped with that before. Mm-hmm. Now it's kind of like okay, I, I I know how it feels. I understand it. Um, because I didn't really know. 
I mean, I would be sad. That's what I knew. But truly, like, how does it feel in the moment? I didn't know. Now it's like, okay, I've experienced it before. I kind of know what's going to happen, how it's going to go down. Um, so it feels easier for the next ones. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds bad. I mean, there are, I mean, they're fucking almost 90 years old. Um, but yeah, am I excited? No, but I feel, I mean, I'm ready. Like I understand that that's what happens. How did you cope with it too? Like, how do you cope with it? What's your process? I think for me, I had to just understand that she, she was old. Um, even though she died of cancer, you know, that, that kind of killed her. But she was old, and now she's not in pain anymore. Um, but sometimes I still like, oh, grandma's not here. Like I, I, it's still a weird thought for me to be like, oh, grandma's not here anymore because she was so involved in my life, and we were always like hanging out and talking and stuff like that. That now that she's not here, sometimes I'll be like, oh, like she's not here, or I'll see a picture and then be like, oh. She's not alive anymore. Like, mm. it kind of hits me sometimes. Like, she's not here. Um, and I think I mostly, like, I mostly feel, because I'm okay. Like, I understand, but I mostly feel for my grandpa. Like, yeah. even hearing, like, when we were in Sweden now, of like, oh, you know, going to bed feels really weird. Or eating dinner is very lonely and things like that. I feel more for him um, than, like, myself. Like, I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um you know, the only person I felt that way about is Dean. Mm. I really was thinking about her when we had the um, the food mm. over at the karaoke night that we went to. And it's funny because the food was good. It was good. However, I've just been so spoiled over my entire life of just top-notch Like really food. good food. Yeah. yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like I grabbed the mac and cheese and I saw, let's just say, for example, like they're just putting like craft, like sprinkled shit that. on mm-hmm. it. Even I noticed that. And I was like, the fuck are we doing mm-hmm. here? Or it's like peppery, a little peppery in there. And I was like, hey, no. Like it's still a good plate, right? By no means. And it was free too. So it's like not even, I'm not here to complain it about it. It wasn't bad at all, yeah. But just the, the comparison of like my or Dean making it, or like my grandma as a kid, or just literally any of the other households too, the talent is so high within those areas of Texas or something like that to where like, no, you don't fuck around. You don't put that bullshit Mm -hmm. craft mac and cheese on the fucking like uh, platter with everybody else to eat. Like that's how you get your craft mac and cheese just thrown out the window. And they're like, guess what? Becky doesn't get to host Thanksgiving anymore (laughs) because she's fucking put craft mac and cheese on the thing, right? So it's one of those things where... I thought about her and it's just good memories, right? Where my whole childhood, I remember literally that house being like as tall as this stool, right? And then as a kid learning, because um, that house wasn't childproofed, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, she used to have all these like fancy little glass, like collectibles, mm-hmm. things from her travels. As a kid, I, you just want to fucking touch them all and break them, right? I remember as a little kid having to walk by him and be like, don't touch, don't touch. And then we get free and I'm like, okay, I can run now. And then you go. But yeah, it's just kind of one of those things that you think about. Yeah. I don't know. I'm positive about it. Like it was yeah. great that you get to meet the lady and they play a really big part in your life and they were always supportive of everything, but it's a transitionary phase, mm-hmm. you know, you're in your twenties and you're in your thirties, forties, yada, yada, yada. And then eventually you'll be in that position, hopefully like your grandma mm-hmm. of at the end stage of the life. Like, Oh yeah, I'm not young anymore. I kind of did everything I wanted to do or tried it. It's yeah. pretty cool, right? Yeah. Well, 
We can end on that. Yeah. That was nice. <laughs> Love your grandparents. Exactly. If they're good grandparents. Definitely. This has been Natural Thoughts and Talks. I'm Venture. I'm Hannah. We'll catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.